Cool. Cool. All right. So here we are again, week three. Yay, we made it three weeks. Is this a hump week? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Week (laughs) three. Good things come in threes or... What's what's that meatloaf song? The oh god! I don't oh my know. gosh! Why am I blanking? I I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? You know what you're talking about. Hey, listeners, viewers, what are we talking? About? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If we even keep this in the was it two two or threes? Oh gosh, what is that? Two out of three ain't bad. That one? Yeah, two out of three. It's been a while since oh, I've been man. voluntarily, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, uh, welcome back, everyone. We are here with our, our wonderful banter. You know, this week I, I don't have my classical. I got my eight-string because I'm doing some dark metal. You know, I think I'm going to get lost in the woods and, and scream. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but I, can, I, I have this axe to kill people, which is it's still... Really pretty. Yeah, tell me, tell me about that axe a little more. This is a GOC guitars. Um, if you're listening, guitars. It's a eight string. It's a Materia three. It's a Final Fantasy seven for all you uh, Sony nerds like myself. What, is, what does that even mean? Materia is just a thing from the game. Hmm. It's a thing you get for spells and extra abilities to train it up. I'm gonna stop, otherwise I'm gonna get a really into. I panic. think I might fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know, but it's a, they, I was looking for a lefty eight string that wasn't $3,000 you know, uh, and something less expensive than a Kiesel. Though I love the Kiesels and I think they're awesome and I'll probably get one at some point. I just couldn't justify spending 2000 on something for, I wasn't sure what it was going to sound like if I was going to use it yeah. that much, my own kind of thing. So I did it's, some hunts. It's kind of funny on that website. You, uh, it's like nine ninety nine. And then you start adding all the features you want, and all of a sudden you're like, "Put this in your cart." And it's yeah, like, like twenty two hundred five thousand, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like maybe I don't need that wood. Maybe I don't need this either. Yeah. Maybe I don't need yeah. that either. Why am I not like? Why would I go buy a guitar that has, um, you know, it's, I'm per- perfectly fine getting like a white guitar or mm-hmm. a red guitar. Yeah. But for some reason, when you go on that website, you're like, I want. This crazy wood that they've never, they've only used, you they know, once and ever, and it's three thousand years old. And yes, because it looks cool. I mean, clearly, it's there's no real advantage outside of it looks cool. So that yeah. makes me cooler, right? That's the way that it goes. Sure. <laughs> but uh, my only complaint about that site, like Halo Guitars, has a custom building site that is great. Like you can put it together and see pretty much exactly yeah. what. Like pick your woods, it all shows up. You know, it's clearly a rendering, but it gets you really sick and close to the final product. Um, and Kiesel's site is you can pick all the stuff, but you just can't see it. You never see it, right? Yeah, which is kind of like really, it's it's 2021 now. You, you <laughs> like yeah, a- it was okay back in like 2005. Yeah, I mean seriously, I mean that's together. It's like Warmoth guitars and USA Custom guitars. Though that's what this uh, the green thing that I have sitting over there. Is this uh, it's a Frankenstrat thing from USA Custom Neck and uh, yeah. Warmoth body. It's a great guitar, absolutely love it. But um, in terms of like now, it's like okay, well, I can't really see anything, and I don't like the way you're putting it together. So never mind. You know, at least for me, that was a turnoff. You know, it, granted, I doubt I would have bought it anyways because you know, like every guitarist, it's like eh, just one more, just one yeah. more. Sure. I mean, what is this one configuration? What's this? What if I put this on it? 
So, so Adam, I'm not sure anyone has been able to, to figure this out because typically the videos we put up on their website, the uh, or on the YouTube, it flips one of our guitars around the other way. But actually, both Adam and I are left-handed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I'm only mentioning that because this guitar is the only guitar in my entire life which I just got like what a year and a half ago, two years ago, which is an Eastman um, AR five hundred three. First guitar I've ever like wherever I went somewhere and I got to try a bunch of guitars and pick the one that I wanted. Yeah, because I went to Southpaw Guitars in Houston, Texas. That is the mecca of that's like I don't know. I'm tempted to like throw this out there, dear wife, if you're listening to this podcast for my fiftieth birthday. A trip to South Park Guitars. Right. With, uh, me paying for it. <laughs> just picking something out there. Can I please have maybe $2,000 to spend too? Yeah. Well, I mean, that would cover most of the guitar that I would probably pick. <laughs> they, uh, they were, they were uh, really cool too, like when I went there. So there's a place called South Paw Guitars for any right-handed people. This is a very rare thing, and it's in Houston, Texas. And... Uh, I actually travel a lot. Anyway, I, I go there and I'm like, wow, every guitar is left-handed except the crappy like $150 ones that are the right-handed ones, which when I talk to like the owner and the guy, the manager there that, that run the place, they're they're talking about, yeah, they, they kind of did that on purpose. <laughs> so then when the right-handed friend invariably comes in, has to take the like, 1980s you know whatever random brand that thing that's yeah because that's the experience for left-handers like I, most left-handers don't like going to music stores very much not at all nice i mean regardless of how i feel about guitar center in general it's uh like going there is like well what the hell's the point yeah it, it really stinks maybe see something that'll work there you know it's like i get to you, Google usually what we get is we'll get like a a mexican tally or something or Ibanez. Ibanez has a decent amount lefty, like an RG. Well, I'm talking about at a guitar center, though. You're lucky to find, like, one guitar, yeah. maybe two. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just ends up not being that interesting. So this guitar, I actually tried hundreds of guitars that day. And they were so cool. They're like, this is your place. Go try whatever you want, you know. And they even brought, like, some Tal Farlow, like, $10,000 guitars I should be looking at, you know. <laughs> let me play them and it was just really cool great people i highly recommend going there um their instagram that's a, that's that's the dangerous thing oh Check yeah just got so, these yeah and they're just they were just really cool um but it was funny because i this is the only guitar i tried so many and there was a bunch of eastmans there and this is the one i liked the most i, I didn't put like a I'm not saying i had like unlimited funds but it, it was like once i was finally there i'm like i'm gonna max out whatever i have to to Get whatever I want, you know. What can I ask forgiveness for? And hopefully go for that. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, actually, there was a there was a Gibson ES350 there, which is an awesome guitar. But it was like 7000 something. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, not... Uh, that's a bit over my uh, my price range. Yeah. Was it a 350? I think it was a 350. Yeah, so... That's what I got lucky with this guy because my wife actually gave me complete go ahead to get it because she was probably just sick of me talking about getting a lefty eight string. 
all the time. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, all right, fine, go ahead and get it. I'm like, oh, okay, click. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'll take it, you know. Yeah. And then COVID hit right in the middle of it, like right in the middle of the, the processing and the order. So I was like, oh, God, I don't know, it's coming from China. But it actually worked out really well because Alibaba, this was that? No, it's not Alibaba. Baba. What the hell was it? AliExpress? God, what is that site? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a big, it's a Chinese equivalent of Amazon or whichever. But they were yeah. uh, like, the guy's like, no, you don't understand. You know, like, we don't get paid till this is marked delivered at your door. Mm-hmm. So as much as the, it's all the funds go to an escrow and everything else, so we don't get to touch it. So if you argue or cut the, the order off halfway through, you know, we'll eat it and it'll come back to us. Sure. I'm like, okay, that takes a little bit of time like relaxation off of that but I, I it took about a month and a half to get here and it was done it would just sat in the middle of nowhere china for forever it was aging for you <laughs> yeah exactly if only it was an acoustic but it's cool it's got a it's a composite neck uh atlas wood they call it but this was one of those ones like those coloss guitars those ones that are whatever they are they're garbage like every review that i have found on youtube or online has been like these guitars are crap like they're they they seem like they're really cool it's the aluminum body ones you know and i was i was tempted to get one of them i'm like you know for 700 bucks i could use another electric you know if it's lefty looks cool and then i went online and read all the reviews and watched all the youtube things and they were like this is a garbage instrument see i see i know a few people that bought the kits but they were proficient and they were they did, and they also expected that they would have to do fret work mm-hmm. they'd have to crown they'd have to do all those things but they said once they did all those things it was fine yeah see the, i got m- definitely negative reviews like out of the five that i watched and i did watch five they were like yeah this is composite neck and he just like went like that with it <laughs> you know it like literally bent the thing up he's like even with the truss rod clearly something is going on he's like and i got another one from them saying and it's the same thing you know it's like okay that's it and then i just saw an advertisement on ebay for one for like 2500 bucks i'm like oh my gosh what the heck buyer beware on that one but with the goc guitars i same amount of due diligence and like every review that came back they're like this easily gives a strandberg a run for its money it's significantly cheaper and clearly it's not the same level but it's really freaking close and that i was like all right and this was like podunk guys so, so why can't you play better <laughs> all right listen up it's because i'm not playing <laughs> we're both stuck this way we're at speaking yeah, of playing, there... <laughs> let's uh let's talk about recording the fun part or actually yeah, yeah i guess yeah what do you what have you been working on lately then? that's that's right i was just going to change mode so working on i'm doing all those glass arrangements that's like in my classical world that's what i'm, I'm Phil, doing yeah fill up glass yeah yeah i don't want to if, if anyone out there hasn't listened to enough philip glass which might be a lot of you yeah it's really would, worth listening to it's so good it is it takes a while it's a, definitely a bar of entry in terms of getting into it but once you yeah. get it yeah, there's like, a little bit of a, maybe like a bump but then again i don't know like so any anyone who's ever watched what, what is that uh why am i blanking all of a sudden the movie with a what's the, the what's the yeah with uh starbucks and everything that tv show battle star galactica oh yeah, yeah 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 so there's a scene in there if you ever watched that and she's talking about her dad was a composer starbucks is like the fighter pilot super yeah. she's like the han solo character of the show and uh it's philip glass like playing piano 
but it's, <laughs> it's her dad, right? Like it's her dad's music. And like the first time I heard, like it haunted me and I had to figure out what it was. And I didn't know at the time I had heard glass, but I didn't know at the time that was him. And then I like seeked out what that was. It has the metamorphosis stuff. or whatever. Oh yeah. Yo, those are great pieces. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what was the thing? The thing that turned me on to Philip Glass was actually seeing Dominic Frasca, who is like, yeah, great. Seeing him and hearing him talk about classical Philip. guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the hybrid guy who I still think is by far was probably the most um, underappreciated concert that I ever went to. <laughs> like, it was like at the time, you know, I was an ignorant uh, freshman in college thinking that, you know, I had just enough knowledge to make me copy, cocky as hell, you know, like every undergrad is. Um, so I saw him. I think and I do like, remember after you were like, whoa, I've seen a lot of people do that or something. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> like a couple of years later, after I got some real knowledge and my ego totally just demolished, I, I realized what he was doing and I was like, or this guy is totally next level and forget it. Like, don't even bother to try type of thing. And uh, he, he's just absolutely brilliant, you know. And I still sing. I wish he never quit guitar. I, I oh, did he, he quit? I don't know. I, quit might be the strong word. But from what I heard, it was like record label issues and yeah. issues and everything else. And he was just like, screw this. And the last I heard, he's doing like set design in California. So, uh, which is disappointing because I really think that he could have like pushed everything into a whole new thing with the, the guitar. And he did. Yeah, I mean, the industry is not particularly fair to the most creative folks in this business. That it is. No, that, I think it's the way that is across every art form. The guys that push the envelope are kind of just like underappreciated. Yeah, no, it reminds me of uh, uh, Brian Baker. You know, yeah. I mean? So, like, for a while there, Brian Baker is just like an unreal talent. Unbelievable. He's a, just unbelievable guitar player. Really creative, like, instantly recognizable, even as he, like, he's probably only like 33 or something at the time, or right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh you know for a while there and it it looked great but he was like posting like stuff that he was he was working on like in a restaurant and like being a chef and posting like yeah. instead of like guitar stuff like he's not full-time guitar musician like exploring yeah. the world and you know just making music to make a living he's and he, and he might might genuine genuinely like all those things but yeah, it's kind of funny, like creative person thing. Like as long as we're doing something that's pushing our envelopes and allows us to control. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's like that. I love to cook. I I, I cook all the time here, and I yeah. I, but would you do it as a job? That I could see actually doing, oh. because it's like I mean, hey Julie. Would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Edit that out. No, but like I I would be one of those places where it's like you don't get to customize the menu. You you eat what I put in front of your damn face, and you like it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the name of the restaurant. And that reminds I we're, I guess we're just all off topic today. But yeah. uh, it reminds me, so I work, my day job is in like engineering stuff. Because um, at one point, I, I used to live in New York City and I would do like sound design and stuff for people. But I never really knew how like the electrons worked and stuff. So eventually went along with my jazz degree was working on an electrical engineering degree. So during the day, a lot of times I spend electrical electrical engineering and now i have a, a really creative job where i get to think about all kinds of cool stuff but anyway previous to that role i i worked in a, a field um where we had um work that we did all over the world really 
But we had a lot of these jobs in Finland. And somebody was telling me about there was this place that was only open in the night or not in the summer or whatever. Because, you know, Finland only has summer for like three months. You have to go and it's like it's in the middle of like a uh, well, four. So it's actually on this light tower thing. Okay. So, and you have to book it like a year and a half in advance. So we had worked there for a while. So a friend of mine, him and his wife had booked it. Um, and it was like this seven course meal and it was only for you. So it was the only people that were there in the whole place, um, was you and your wife, you know, in this, in his case, his wife and the chef and his wife or whatever would kind of talk to you and sort of figure out what you liked. And it was like seven, you said it was the most amazing thing in his entire yeah. life. And it was all just like. Oh, so you, oh, you do like this kind of stuff? Oh, you like that? Okay, cool. I'm going to make, oh, man, you got to try this out. This is the most awesome thing you've ever had in your life. Just trust me. I'll be right back. You know, and of course, it was like $1,000 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But he he said it was totally worth it. Yep. That's one of the, that's on my bucket list is to go to like a three-star Michelin restaurant and try it, you know, just to see. It's like the headphone kick that uh, (laughs) that I'm still on, but uh, uh, my amp comes tomorrow by fedex so we'll see if oh, that nice. makes a headphone amp yeah. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what that'll, that'll do so, um, so my wife was sleeping i'm actually but she had her my my headphones are upstairs and i didn't want to wake everybody but up and i have other headphones and whatever but they're all actually in the same spot and i would have waken up a lot of people so my wife's grottos are were downstairs <laughs> so that's what i'm using today yeah hey, hey they sound pretty good that's why i'm using the hi-fi man's <laughs> They sound fantastic, so that'll be the cool thing when they get the uh, when I get the amp, because that'll be the difference, you know. So you're working on the glass stuff. I, I know you've been sending me some of the. Yeah, a little bit. Stuff. You know, I'm not. I'm. I mean, half of me is like, I don't want to blow my shtick just yet till it's like done and out before I like saying, oh, this is what I'm doing of his and being, and then somebody else who's better than me, take it and run with it. It's like, no, this is mine. And play with my back page, you know, cover this up. Nobody can see the, the music there. Uh, so <laughs> it's, um, I don't think they'll see it. Yeah, I know. Let's just... have a look. Well, the, it was that uh red faction or whatever those shows where they like zoom in yeah, like, the reflection of the glasses. And... That was a uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Runner. That, that where they're like okay bounce off the mirror okay go around here to, to, to whatever yeah. um but yeah so i'm doing the glass thing i'm looking for new etudes to kind of go through i've been doing a, an etude a day type of thing simpler stuff just to kind of sight read but i also want like uh i was on a big Gilardino kick who's an absolute mad lad when it comes to uh doing classical guitar work it's just it's unbelievable like he figures out ways to torture you in way you never thought <laughs> But it's still really cool. Like I think yeah. it's cool. Not something concert worthy, but it definitely like I I'm I don't have very independent fingers. Okay, do a What was it? Fourteen that I was working on, where it it, it just has this uh, section that is just like crazy. But it it it's a chromatic run and on the top voice. But you're also doing it. Now I got to get my guitar to actually play it. Um, but uh, it is like wickedly awesome and. Th- hard but not like uh what's the way to put it not hard just to be pompous but it's there to really train your hands to do a particular thing i'm just meeting the guitar before i unplug it yeah uh, fair point right here um notice how easy it is to get guitars like 
a lot of people ask me like how we practice or whatever like that and i'm like just make guitars really easy to find they they should be out like they're not in cases like notice i don't know is the guitar you're gonna grab in a case yes that one is because that one uh, you're gonna kill kill my kill my Listen, I got a guitar in a case there, another one in the case there, another one in the case there, and my electrics are out because they can take punishment. My acoustics can't take the same amount of punishment. Like if my electric fell over, it'll be fine. If my acoustic fell over, it probably would be all right, but I don't want to take that risk. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's the difference. You know, my, my acoustics are just, eh, there's a lot more that can happen to them and totally make them non-functional. Like an electric guitar, I can take a quarter inch exacto knife and like stab the top and it'll be fine. Can't do the same thing with a, an acoustic guitar. All right. a, Fair point. All right. So uh, Adam goes and looks for this guitar. Do, 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 do. Anyone listening on the the podcast, he's taking his headphones off. Uh, I, I can't hear all your snide remarks because I don't have my headphones on. Um, what a so, jerk. This isn't about you. So, uh, so he's got this. It starts with this type of section. Oh, sure. And it, I gotta pull this from memory. Then he moves it up. Repeats. Then here. This is a crazy. Let me slow that down. Like that type of thing. Cool. It's wickedly cool. I wouldn't play it in a concert, <laughs> but it's like I can feel it in the back of my arm, you know? Yeah, it's a, you could play it in a concert. It sounds cool. It reminds me of. Um, who am I thinking of? Not Mario's. Anyways, very, very cool. Who's the, like, like atonally classical guru? Uh, there's Hensei. There's the B. Well, Babbitt. Uh, Milton Babbitt. But he's didn't write... Okay. Did he write a guitar piece? I think he might have wrote a guitar piece. Are you talking specific for guitar? Yeah. And it starts oh, with a B? I thought it was a B. I mean, I would say Bogdanovich, but he's not atonal. Yeah, I wasn't thinking Bogdanovich. More older than that. And doesn't matter. Damn it. I'm no, probably I'm... thinking the wrong letter. Yes. No, I'm no, it's no, a Z. No. What about a C? Any any D's, maybe? <laughs> I'm getting your, your, your relative. Uh, I'm getting a name. It starts with the A, B, C, D, F, G, H. Uh, it's a J. It's a J. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Who are no. the big, like, atonally people? Um, For classical guitar? Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, there's a... Uh, Gosh, why am I blanking? Why is it a Genestera? That's a you wrote it. Bigger it, name than that. Uh, I thought it was like it's not Barrios. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I know Barrios is like much happier than that. <laughs> yeah, slightly. Um, wow, we're in pure nerdville right now. Yeah, yeah, everybody is losing a lot of street cred. We're gaining huge in the the well. We're even we're losing street cred, street cred because we can't think of the damn name. Um, All right, I'll think of it. We'll we'll put it in the comments or something. Yeah, 
Look at our YouTube page. We'll eventually figure it out. Or if you know, comment on it and let us know. <laughs> right. So that's a, that's pretty much all that I'm working on there. I mean, I, I have my normal routines. I'm finding that I need a little bit longer of a workout before I get into heavy playing nowadays. But I think that's because I'm that, doing a lot. Interesting. Of- I I noticed. Um, it's funny because I was I had a band called Chroma Drive, and I'm gonna try to bring this all together. But uh, I found that it takes me about two hours to warm up now these these days. Just to like get all the crap out of my playing. So it's like I kind of have to like do so much movement and sort of play around and get my pick moving a certain amount of time. And it really is like two hours. So -hmm. when I play a gig, I'll try to like grab a guitar and just like get all that crap out of my. It's it's almost like I have to play all this stuff so that I don't play all that stuff. Yeah. And 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 then my hands do more or less what I tell them to. And I play a lot better. And I noticed the same thing. Like I used to play basketball all the time with my brother. It would take me like an hour (laughs) to get to where I was playing pretty good. But my brother, he was the kind of person that like, he only deteriorated from the time. Mm -hmm. He was a much better shooter than me. Um, But it's like, you don't play. Let me warm up for an hour and then we'll go play those people because don't touch a basketball. Don't because you only get worse as time goes on. It is like time trying to time that whole thing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it was like I can finally start shooting like after an hour, and it'll start some level of consistency happening. And I think the same thing with with music. It's kind of like um, I don't for whatever reason I really have to get. It's almost like I have to get all this like cobwebs out every day. Yeah. No, it's just like I, my normal. It on the, the well, I mean, it is a typical on a typical day. I'll get three and a half, four hours of practice in, typical. Even if I'm teaching, yeah. uh, that and it's like the first hour of it is nothing but technical stuff, like doing scales, doing. Uh, well, I count the studies as technical work, like seeing. Yeah. Uh, and then if I'm using that piece in a particular concert, then I'll switch that, or I'll keep it as a technical study, but I also will practice it in terms of musicality later on. And not that I'm not paying attention to that, but it's um. It's like I need to have that that stepping stone. And I'm finding that I can't just there's certain exercises I just can't jump right into without some form of more resistance than if I did something else first, which I guess makes sense. You know, in one sense, I'm doing is getting older. So um, do you you find like I find like it's not so much the technical thing, like there's some level of like technical warming up you need to do just to get your hand to like do what you tell it to do in a way. But uh, I feel like a lot of it's more like mental, at least for me. It's almost like my brain needs to cycle through all these things and try a bunch of stuff before I'm ready to, um, I don't know, actually just be in the moment and play what I'm thinking. Um, you so know, it, coming from the improv, improvisation world too, right? It's like, yeah, I think I'm, yeah, that... I'm constantly like making new music, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's where I And I guess that would be the specific difference. Like with me the cobwebs are more like I got to get my fingers to move quicker. Yeah. You know, thing. And I, that's clearly it's a everybody has that to an extent. And the people that don't I already hate you. But um <laughs> the, the, there are those ones where it's like what? I just play. It's like 
great, super. Yeah, but I think that's more like more or less like my brother with basketball. I think there's some people that just start, but then it sort of like diminishes over time. Hmm. And uh, not necessarily stays. It's like you can't focus that long, maybe or something. Yeah, I mean, in a, like I said, two and a half, four hours, that hour of stuff. And then when I get to the actual pieces, I'm worried about musical and analysis, really diving in, like, okay, do I play it in this position? Like, what's the thing I got today? I'm working on somebody else's music, using an electric guitar part, and he, said, I, he just got it to me. Now, I spent most of the music time today working out where am I going to play it positionally? You know, what's the most efficient proofing with it? Because it's, it's octatonic and in seven. So, you know, it's clearly nice. pop music. Stuff I write. Exactly. <laughs> Put that out. But enough about me. What's the stuff you're working on? And I'm stuck on this recording. Um, Which is the main topic of tonight's discussion. Oh, look at that. Nice. Go figure it. Subtle segue there. <laughs> but I tell you exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. Um, yeah, so maybe some backstory since we're going there anyway. Um, probably like it's been over 10 years now, believe it or not. Um, I had moved back to the Ohio area and previous to living here before I lived here and then my wife and I moved to New York City for about a year. Um, I was playing with a guy and we were just kind of like jazz fusion-y stuff. But uh, he was a big Mashuga fan, and so was I. And even though we were doing like jazz stuff, when I came back to town, he was basically like, well, I already kind of replaced you, etc. blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm like, that's cool. I totally understood. I had left. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever. And uh, I'm like, hey, but I noticed, you know, that you're a Mashuga fan. Like, what would you think about doing you know, kind of a metal jazz thing or something. And uh, and he was, like, totally into it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, why don't you write some stuff and then send it to me? So I wrote all these charts out, and the first song I wrote was this, and it's really not even Meshuggie, which is kind of funny. But uh, the, the first song I wrote was a song called Pi, which changed time signature based on every measure, based on the number of pi. So... Like, if you think about pi, it's in, it's 3.14159, blah, 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 blah. So, so I would do, like, a measure of 3, and a measure of 1, then a measure of 4, then a measure of 1, then 5, etc. And I did, I think, 102 digits. And I wrote a song called Pi. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough about that song is when there's a 0, instead of doing nothing, I made it a 1-8 measure. So the beat, like, flips. Um... But I also, I, I think that what's interesting about that song for me is that it hopefully it doesn't sound like that. Like, it doesn't yeah, sound no, like it's, it. it's just I mean, this I crazy odd time signature thing. Um, anyway, it turned into this band called Red Side Visible, and we recorded an album, and we and it had horn players, had two horns, uh, alto and sax. There was some screaming and guitar, bass, drums. And we recorded it, and the band was pretty good like we we started playing shows we did some tv spots we played in europe it mm -hmm. was it was kind of taken we did a airport for that what's yeah. that i took you guys to the airport oh dude, that's right man geez yeah and so we went you know the See? band was doing pretty well and we it was a fun band because it there was like nine or i don't know 80 percent of it was really technical um very specific and then there was a whole improvisation element 
to the band. So any of the solos and stuff like that were all improvised. And we had sac- we had like really everybody was a jazz person, but who liked metal. Mm-hmm. And the and the band was doing um fairly well considering. And uh anyway, during that time, so I had written all these songs and then he had written some songs too. Um and I would say it was probably like sixty forty on that set. So the sax player ended up leaving and uh the main well there was two sax players one of the sax players who was like really into it like just unbelievably nailed some of the stuff that really wasn't written for sax because i didn't know what i was doing um he ended up getting he's he's now a phd wonderful player oh yeah he's incredible 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 musician can and we not, uh what's that can we not name him oh we can name him. chris harold is his name uh, he also has a band called resurrecting id which yeah, so he really got into metal. It's a metal sax. Oh, the albums are awesome. They're yeah, great. really, really cool stuff. Um, actually, it's Doctor Chris Harold. Yeah, you better not forget it. Apparently, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not that many times people get to hear that when they've worked so hard for those things. But yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, here's this like jazz metal band and whatever. So during the time we were playing a lot, I actually wrote a bunch of new songs, and then. Uh, the drummer Paul, he had started working on learning those tunes. It was kind of funny. The songs are really hard. So, like, basically, I would write the songs, and then, like, six months later, Paul would be like, So, I finally <laughs> came up with something for this song, you know? And then Paul does all these, like, rhythmic illusion things where, like, it's in five, but then he's playing something that sounds like it's in four, but it's like every 13th beat <laughs> it comes around or whatever, you know? Some like crazy, like they call it rhythmic illusions. Anyway, so the, the that's happening at the same time all these other things are happening. So there was a whole second set of stuff for another album that was going on. So about three years, two or three years after the first album, Paul actually went and recorded all the drums. So this was like 2013 or so. And at the time I had recorded some guitar stuff and we got some, maybe like one track, one sax thing. Um, but it, it never got finished. And then it just kept being this like thorn, thorn on my side that like never got done. Yeah. Like I said, like 2013, mm-hmm. now it's, it's 2021 and the album still hasn't been released. You're like tool. <laughs> and, like, and, uh, so this past, since the coronavirus stuff hit, I decided, you know what? It's the time to like actually do this right. So I think it was like June or July, I went and I started just working on it again. So for at first, I tried to just kind of like remix it and see what I could do with the stuff, but it really wasn't working out that well. Like I, I couldn't get the mix to go as well as I wanted to and all this stuff. So then I ended up one day, and it was this, we can get into this sometime, but it was all modeling that I was using at that point. And I was trying all kinds of new modeler stuff too and like swapping them in and out and it just wasn't, the mix just sounded like really flat. And then I went and I just like crappily mixed or uh, mic'd one of my amps and uh, with a Marshall head. And it just sounded like a million times better with like a real amp as opposed to modeling. And so I went and I just re-recorded every thing on the album. Um, all new bass stuff, all new guitars. I added a bunch of viola and violin and added a ton of vocal stuff. 
It just it gave it like a fresh new look. And what's kind of interesting is even though I wrote the songs probably like in 2012 or something, so it's been maybe 10 years, maybe it was 2011 even. Um, just like kind of revisiting it, it still sounds kind of fresh and new. And, and there's actually, there's been sort of like a, I don't know if it's a renaissance, but like a, like a kickoff. There's like a lot of like jazz metal now that there wasn't um, 10, 11 years ago. But I, you I still think it sounds pretty unique. Would you consider it more of a math metal thing or like just to throw a genre out there? Yeah, I guess it's kind of math metal. There are a decent amount of improv sections in it. In fact, there's a whole like seven minute section that's just like gong improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, really out. But then there's a lot of stuff where it's really technical. So like one of the songs is called Dislocated, which is the thing I've been working on this week. Um, which it was dislocated prime real estate was the original name. I don't know what it's going to be at the end, but it was because everything was a prime. I don't even know how I came up with that name, but everything was a prime number. So all the rhythms, all the time signatures are all prime numbers. So, and it, it starts like, it's like, um, two, three, five, whatever, you know, whatever with these yeah. rhythms. So not only the time signature, but like the any like rhythmic groupings are also these prime numbers. And again, the goal is not to be overly tricky with it, but it's sort of like a creative thing to sort of, how can I make that sound like, just like no one will notice that it's doing exactly, that. Exactly. There's a, just a quick side on it that it's yeah. like, you know, you know, part of the creative process, everybody's like, well, if I have like unlimited options, I can be super creative. And I'm like, that's, that's terrifying. You know, okay. when you have like a huge amount of things where everything can go, it's like, oh God, I don't even know where to start. You know, I need, you need to, I find that I'm much, much more creative when I'm, things have put limits on it. Oh you yeah, know? definitely. It's, uh, and just like uh, one of my composition professors is like, I always name my pieces before I even write them. <laughs> and he's like, but that gives me something to aim at, you know, versus just kind of whichever. And that's yeah. his, Everybody has a different approach to get into that headspace, but um, I'm kind of a both end. It's more like I'll, if I, something sounds cool, great. And if some, if a name comes to me at that time, super. But if not, whatever. So anyways, just wanted to go on a little bit. That of reminds a, me of, when you say that, there, there was a one of the, my favorite solos I ever recorded on something, and I can't even tell you what song it was for. Um, but I remember, it's funny because I remember it, is in my head I was thinking... This is an argument before between a woman and a man. And that's the approach I took to the improvised solo. Mm -hmm. And so there's this sort of like, it starts with like some like higher notes that are sort of, they're not so mad yet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then the, the, the response a little bit lower. And then it ends up being this like call and response sort of thing where she's, and then all of a sudden like, she says a lot and then he has to respond with a lot or maybe he doesn't respond with a lot. You know, it became this in my head. I was imagining this um, argument. And uh, it's really interesting to take. Like, I look at improvisation as like composing on the spot. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, when you when you just said like putting a name on it. I like that idea because it's it's kind of like putting you in a headspace to use. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Like for myself, it's kind of like a both in. I think I already said that. Like sometimes I'll think of a name first and then write to it. And other like uh, that one piece um, that uh, Jim Marin pr premiered for me, the one that I wrote uh, in, in school, that they break their tools. I had that line first. And then I wrote the thing about it. And by the end of this, the piece, the guitar is completely detuned. Like that was the point. You know, it was like breaking. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and I just listened to it the other day and I was like, God, that was actually pretty good. You know, it's like you're your own worst critic till you have some distance in listening to it. Oh, but yeah. On that note, like with the, the recording and everything else that you're doing, you know, it's like uh, getting into the, they kind of get away from getting into creative aspects, but back to um, the focus of the record. Yeah. Um, like you're in the spot of redoing everything again, just because of a tweaking thing. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's the endless battle that we, we all kind of get into when we're doing our own music. Like, I wish I had somebody sitting over my shoulder being like, dude, it's done. Let it go. Yeah, right. I, I, the classical album that I have recorded three times. Sure. Like, it's like yeah, I think so, I can... so Adam's had the, the pleasure of me sending him. Oh, yeah. No, it is a pleasure. I love listening to it. I really do. So, but... yeah, I'm working on a... So, so I decided to re-record all the solos for all the songs, the guitar solos. Because there's sax solos too, so watch out for that. Yeah. And they're amazing. And uh, you know, in improvisation, like when you record something live, you just accept it. Like it's just it's a moment in time, and it is what it is. So actually, the first couple of solos that were sitting on there for the last third or whatever seven years were a first take sort of solo of the moment. And there, there's something special and magical about that whole thing. And I kind of got used to what they sounded like. But I thought, well, maybe I should go back and re-record some solos because hopefully I've gotten better in the last <laughs> seven years, you know, or whatever. Um, and I have more to say or something. And since I re-recorded anything, everything anyway. So I re there's really only three like real guitar solos on the whole album. And yeah, is that right? Yeah, I think there's three. There's only five songs actually, and there's and it's still like sixty minutes long. So this is the kind of album this is. <laughs> yeah. But uh um I re-recorded two of the solos and I, I was generally happy with them. The one of them was a, a one take sort of thing and it came out really cool. I was I think I maybe I did like five takes or something and took the best one. And it came out really nice for the this one song. And then the second one, I, I kind of worked on. and But after like 10 takes or so, I kind of was able to piece it together in a good way. This one, though, um, dislocated. What I noticed is it sounds way too much. It, well, initially, it sounded way too much like the first two. Mm -hmm. And then it was really easy for me to drift into sounding like other people. Mm -hmm. And my initial reaction to those kind of things, it just kind of makes me want to throw up. <laughs> and, I <remember>. uh, <laughs> so every time i hear it i'm just like i can't can't get past that like i don't i don't know how to get past that and uh so it's kind of an interesting thing though because it's sort of forcing me to be creative because i'm saying well why does this sound like either myself too much or sound like somebody else too much it, and it's it's forcing me to be creative and sort of like come up with new things to throw at it. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is I'm, I think I'm about 70 takes that I've saved and about 70 that I've deleted 
Yep. And I just can't get past it. I really like the first part of it and sort of the ending that I've come up with. And, and by the way, these are improvised, so I'm, I'm trying to keep it improvised. The, the, the sort of, I have an idea for how the beginning should be and an idea for how the end should be. But I, it just, it's a fairly long, so it's like a minute and a half long of time. I don't, and I feel like I'm doing stuff that sort of fits. Um, it's like, it's, I guess it's good and maybe kind of cool, but it doesn't seem good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just, I don't know how to get past it really. Um, I think I've, I've taken so many takes. I don't even know. Like I've tried like everything. Like Adam will, <laughs> Adam will send me, he's like, well, have you tried like playing it like this? And I'm like, yes, I have like 17 takes like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that particular for dislocated like the last time it was like well what about there was like 16 or something and then i think we got to a happy spot yeah but this one it was like tons of them you know which is great so many. I, I, like, I like listening to that type of music so like while i'm cleaning the kitchen and doing like after everybody's asleep throw my headphones on and i yeah. clean it's like oh, okay i can listen through these at that, at that time through good headphones i mean sometimes i'll just play it through the phone yeah and like the, the whole thing is in like five and the, the like harmonically there's not that much happening so I do a lot of stuff where like I superimpose harmony mm-hmm. on it, and it, it's pretty simple. So you can you can do a lot of stuff. You can almost go anywhere. But yeah, I don't know. So that's what I've been working on, and, and I don't that, know why I care so much. Like I'm trying to not. Like, like I said, well, because like, it's permanent. I think that's the big thing that maybe is slowing everything down. Like even with myself and the, doing their classroom recordings, it's like tape doesn't lie. As is the big thing. So when you're hearing it back, it's not like you can have a better gig the next day, you know, yeah. uh, whatever. It's uh, it is what it is, and it's going to be there. And it's a matter of you putting your stamp on it. Like I've had this the recordings for the classical album done for a year and a half now. So I'm slowly, hopefully, I don't catch up to you in terms of time and actually get this done, you know. And I edited down a couple of tracks, and then I got stuck on one where I just made like there's a buzz note that it's like there is no hiding it. It's like a melody note. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, the, the, the oh, fudge type of thing. And it's like, yeah, well, maybe I'll fix it. And it's like, no, I can't fix it. And I thought I had another take of it and I don't. And so I was like, do I want to re record that track? Well, I can't re record it because it's not in the same space. It's never, you know, that's the downside of recording a classical is that, like, you know, you move the microphone or you move the footstool, it, it's done. It's not going to sound the same. Oh, yeah, sure. So that's uh, part of the issue, though I might still give it a try and see what the hell happens. But the uh, that just killed the momentum. You know, I was like, well, maybe, well, I can't just not include, it was a three movement work. You know, I can't include, not include the second movement because yeah, uh, right. like a best of thing, you know, it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I just like uh, totally lost a mental battle uh, with it. And then I finally, like the other, like a month and a half ago, I think I sent it to Steve you know, the, the recording of it, yeah. you know, oh God, you know, this is, this is, I just can't put this out. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, that is nothing to be ashamed about at all. He's like, there's things that I would like, but that's me. You know, he's like, I'd like some more phrasing on some certain things, but otherwise he's like, you, that's great. Consider your audience. He's like, you're not aiming for GFA level here. You're, you're, yeah. you're able to get it out there and have it be you. So stop with your mental garbage and just get it done. You know, and that helps. I just haven't had a ch- chance to breathe and sit. You know, it, the, the big catch for me, it's like I can either practice or I can edit. I can't do both. Yeah, you know, uh, I just don't have the time to do both. So I'm, yeah. I, 
considering paying somebody to do it, you know, just to, I can sit back and not have to worry about doing the editing and I can keep my skill level up. At least that's what I tell myself. So yeah, it's, it's tough to like, I know. Um, and I kind of mentioned this on my Facebook page um, a few weeks ago, which was like, now that I've redone all this stuff and I think it's, it's coming out pretty well. I'm really struggling with putting it out. Like I see so many people putting stuff out right now, right? Because the the music industry has just been crapped on because of <laughs> COVID, and there's no gigs, and even the gigs you have, they're not really paying. Like I have, hey, I have a gig in a few weeks. You guys can watch it online with Night Terrors, which is another album that I recorded last year that I need to get to mixing. Um, well, actually, it's been mixed mostly, but I. I've told myself I need to finish this red side visible thing. So I move on. Um, and it, that's also another problem is it's stopping me from writing and all kinds of other things, not finishing it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like I see people putting stuff out and I see like no one buys albums anymore and everyone streams or whatever. And even if, if that it's really like limited attention span, like I don't think I can put the album out and no one cares. And it, I like to think that I don't care. And I try to like go into making music with not caring. But uh, I don't know. I just, I put, I put thousands of hours into this thing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thought of like selling like three downloads or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and then have, even if you have like a thousand streams in a month or something like, and you get three cents for it. I don't care about the money so much, but it's just like, it just doesn't feel very valuable, you know? And yeah, that's a, I particularly, and I'm kind of counter that with that. I I don't care if it gets streamed or not. And I don't, I'm just going to put it out. Like when it's out there, there. I just want it out, you know, something that's done and complete and for myself. But I think that's where I get hung up is that like, you know, it's never good enough. There's always something else that I want to improve on with it. So that's why I'm kind of like keeping it back because, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a business card in one sense. It's yeah. I look at it as a credential boost and it's not that it's terrible and I'm clearly overanalyzing my own thing. Like sure. the amount of uh, internal pressure that I've put on myself when I listen to stuff, you know, it, it's crazy. I have to stop editing after a while because it, it can be massively depressing. Like, oh, sure. Granted, I'm talking about like, you know, and you're the president, you know, like a note will come out like that rather than like that. And it'll be like, a, is it, that's it, you know, and then it'll yeah, move right. to something else. And it's like, to me, it's like, what the, f- come on, I couldn't hit that stupid note. Why yeah, did right. I know I was recording it? You know, and it, it, we're oh, talking right. about a second as it goes by. And then it's like, oh, you know, and then a couple of days later, I'll back go back and re-listen to it. It's like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. And uh, kind of keep it kind of it helps to have that disconnect but then i start editing more and i get right back into that headspace it's like i i can't stay out of that uh, particular that's like when I, I sent you those solos the other day and i think this was for the other song and it and i was like i wrote all the notes out for it <laughs> so like it was like the first part the second part the whatever and i was like oh, yeah, kind of like yeah. loses time or whatever here and you were like well I guess I heard that it was sort of losing time, but it seemed okay to me. Like the intention sounded good. Yeah. And it was yeah. like very nitpicky, but like you do that to yourself, right? You oh know? yeah. I mean, you get into, 
And I think the, 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 well, the whole reason is because we give a Darren, you know, it's like, we really yeah. care about putting out something well, but there's that fine line of like, we're, we're talking about, well, we, we were talking about it on the podcast, but we were talking about it, how like, you know, real drums versus, uh, yeah. uh, samples and stuff like that. And, accuracies like did everything have to be exactly metronomic in the playing or do you want a little bit of humanization to it but it's fine it's hysterical sure. those are options in the tracks now like in easy drummer and superior drummer you can humanize it and give it a little bit of a, a little bit of leeway so it's not boom every single time you know and i think that's great um but and, and there's clearly a line between humanizing something and not being in time that that's well, there and then those algorithms they use for the humanized thing, they're never quite right, right? They like, yeah. They look at it like it's a random, like, oh, maybe it was a little early, maybe it was a little late, and they put some, like, um, I don't know, what's like a predictive mate or a predictive control kind of thing on it. And they say, well, you know, the person was a human, so they, they probably were late here and early, but, but like a really good drummer. They might just be late because they meant to be, you know. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and it doesn't really capture that sort of notion of it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that's got that's something that happens in the live room experience. Like if you're playing yeah. live with a drummer, you, you'll get into that. Uh, your but brain. It, but even like when they're when they're listening to something and they play along to it, um, they can just be like they can just feel these like little like micro time things where. Mm -hmm. it just feels good to be a little bit late you know mm -hmm. or behind the beat or ahead of the beat those kind of yeah. things you yep. get, right um, so, yeah, yeah that stuff's all interesting and it, the, i guess it, this kind of ties into the self-promotion thing that we were slightly like we'll start texting each other and i'm like we should save this for the podcast <laughs> we should save it for the podcast let's not get all of our thoughts out here let's go to, save it for the podcast yeah right like making, I make a note because I, apparently that's what the, the way that I do it. I make a note. It's like keep this for the podcast, and I, I have a list of things. But it's um, like on that note, it's like a matter of like once it's done, once it's complete, and you put it out. How do you self promote and get through all the noise and get it to a point where it's going to be heard to an extent? You know, it's like sure. one thing that's nice about teaching is that. To be blunt, it's like I have a built-in clientele. At least they'll check it out. You know, it doesn't mean that they'll listen to it a lot. And they, I don't really care either way. They don't have to have it on repeat 24-7. Uh, that would be nice because I would bring in some money, maybe like seven cents or something like that. I think it was a band that had their album paid for with a five-hour silence. Yeah, I did hear about that. And then Spotify blocked it. Put the kibosh on that pretty quick. Right. It's like, ah. Oh. Uh, you know, They're like, yeah, just listen to this at night. Cool. Yep. They convinced like a thousand people to do that every night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they made like twenty grand and paid for the an actual album after that. Yeah. So it would be funny if that didn't make as much money as the silence. I'm <laughs> the, sure it didn't. Yeah, probably not. But um, the uh, the self promotion thing is like nowadays, like you, you've everything is tied to social media, which is a royal pain in the butt yeah. for me. I can't stand social media. I've pretty much just about disconnected as much as humanly possible with still having a presence for music. And that's literally the only reason that I'm there. It's like, I have a music account. So I have that kind of like tied to it. Yeah, right. I found it just was being too much of a time suck and an energy suck for me to be happy 
But regardless of that thing, uh, you know, your personal preference, if you love it, who cares? That's great. Super. You do you. But the uh, pushing it on social media to get traction without being the, hey, this person I haven't talked to in 10 years, uh, they're reaching out to me because they're selling Lululemon or whatever, you know, <laughs> or what right. it's. How do you how do you not bring that across um, with the self promotion? Because you know you, you can pay for ads, you can pay to get traction. I'm not talking about doing like a, a botnet thing, but the ads definitely show up. Like I've seen other guitarists on, especially on YouTube, and no, not so much on Instagram, but on YouTube, uh, I'll run across ads of guitar players, and it's like they they, they have a million views, but that's awful. <laughs> it's yeah. like what the ever living hell, you know? Uh, and I think first thing is, is first, like being first in, it doesn't matter if it's great. If you're first and it's something that somebody's interested in, that's, what's going to come up in the algorithm. Like no matter what it is. Um, and the funny thing is I was talking with the, my old professor about it. He was like, yeah, the mazurka recordings. He's like, there are miss notes and buzz notes all over the place. But he's like, who cares? I did it. You see anybody else's number of that? Sure. Those I said, cool too. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. You know, it's like, yeah, if only my mistake sounded like that. Um, yeah, you know, and it's like, he's like, first in, boom, done. You know, and, and that, he's got it. That's it. He locked that up. And the rest, everybody else is an imitator after that. So that kind of has a built-in traction uh, with it. So the question is like now, how do you do that? Like, where do you find the unique niche to push that to people that wouldn't necessarily listen to it and still be effective without be turning into like a, a unbelievably self-promoting jerk, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, we, were, we were talking about this earlier, but so Instagram, I think is fairly kind to guitar, probably more than the other mediums, maybe, maybe YouTube in a different kind of way. Um, just the guitar in general, because you, you can really find, um, and it's kind of fun too to listen to a bunch of guitar players and they do oh, yeah. a little like one minute spiel or whatever. And and there's this sort of like, hey, I'm just practicing. Let me show you what I'm working on. No, that's and, my and it's kind of fun, you know. It's kind of like, oh, that's that's a pretty cool little thing. And and some people have taken it very extreme and then they still like cheat with like speeding up videos and stuff. But we we'll, we'll ignore that for the moment. Yeah, that whole scandal thing happened. Yep. Yeah. Um. But uh. In general, I, I think it's it's fairly okay. Um, yeah, you find so one as one way of looking at it is like Instagram is the most like um, what's the word I'm like narcissistic thing like ever invented. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's like me 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 yes. me you know, and uh, and how cool am me you know how how cool am I and. Uh, and that's the whole point of that whole, like, medium. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you, you kind of get something cool out of it. And uh, I struggle a bit because, like, I don't know how many big guitar players really like putting out videos all the time, but it's sort of the new norm to do it. And I don't always want to do it. Um, but I, I've also made some really good acquaintances and friends and stuff through doing it um and, and fans for that matter so um i guess it's good in that way um what's sort of disappointing a lot of times is like it's sort of like the superficially things a lot of times that 
that do the best um, and not the things. Actually, it's funny. I saw a thing with John Mayer recently um, and he was like, he's like, you know, the things that you think are like the great things, like your fans never really get those things. And it's not the bad things you do that they get, but it's sort of like that middle thing that they really like. Like You're like, well, this is my really good thing over here. The one that really like hits the crowd is that middle middle tier thing. I noticed that with the first album that I did like twenty one years ago now because I put yeah. it out in two thousand. Like yeah, I looked at like every then and again I'll pull it up and just see the, like the most listened to things, and it, it always amazes me because the tracks that I were just like really that one. Yeah right. Like, yeah. like okay, I mean I it was cool. okay. Yeah right. Yeah. It's like I didn't. That's not my track favorite track yeah. off the album. That's not the one that I like really felt good about. Yeah. But okay, you know, it, and it, that's like a taste. You still put it out. It's still you, but it's just interesting. Yeah, kind of. Maybe we played our own tastes more than anything, and then if other people pick it up, it's like their, their particular nuance with it is a little bit shifted. Um, yeah, Mayor's like, well, especially because he's a guitar player, you know, and and he's like, you know, that cool thing he like worked out that, like, you know, guitar players would notice, but. Like they don't even notice even, you know, it's like they only notice that sort of cliche thing or whatever that was pretty cool, but like really wasn't like the thing you were trying to show them. Like you were like, hey, check this thing out. And they, they only noticed the other thing. Well, it's, uh, that, that there was a, a thing I wanted to interject before about it. Let's maybe why, why, uh, let's think of the words. I had my wisdom teeth out, so <laughs> it's uh, I had my no wisdom. Yeah, my, my brain just gone. Everything came out. Um, no, it just, it, it gets painful every then and again. Anyways, so the, uh, uh, or, okay, yeah, the guitar is a very visual instrument, like, yeah. more so than anything else that's really there. You can just watch somebody and gain so much insight. Sure. And because of that, I think that's the reason why it may be acclimated so well to Instagram. Because like a pianist, you're, you're generally looking in from the side. Like, very few have it, like, top on consistently, so you can yeah. watch them. And, and so on and i'm pretty sure a trained piano player can do that and, and watch that visually and gain a ton of it um but with like guitar even the simplest beginner can like look on from the, the front and be like oh okay you know and gather something from that it's just because of the nature of the instrument so i wonder if that's like a self-feedback loop with instagram and guitar you know it's because it's so visual and instagram is all visible like you don't get to do a rant there really unless you like rant screenshot it and put it up yeah it just kind of feeds itself. It's like, oh, okay, guitar is this, and so this is making this happen. And 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 with that, it's it's probably something to do with it. Because I mean, the guitar and bass are, are both of the things. Now that's well, granted. Well, and then I don't know about you, but like drums seem to translate the best in all the videos, whether it's Facebook yeah. or Instagram or YouTube. They just don't seem as lame to me as every other instrument. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know why. Like man, it's just cool to like play a drum groove you know mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything fancy you don't have to be doing crazy tapping stuff or whatever that's not particularly musical maybe but is that something because we're so disconnected from the drums that it's interesting maybe, maybe i don't know i mean like but clearly... i could watch a drum video like anytime but i sometimes struggle with the guitar ones yeah yeah i mean well some of the drum things is just kind of like okay but maybe it's because at least I know for myself, listening to a drum groove is cool and I get what's going on metrically and hearing it. But 
I don't necessarily know the physical difficulty associated with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it could be this crazy technical thing. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And not realize that how physically hard it is. Mentally, I know how hard it is to play, but I don't know how yeah. physically. But with guitar, it's, it's instant feedback. It's like, okay, that was hard. Like, yeah. I know where it was going to be difficult. And so, something else. So is something cooler because it's harder? I mean, that's the, the principal question that's always there. Is, is difficulty the tie-in to virtuosity? Or is it, is, uh, a ma like, what gives the standard of what's hard and what's cool and what's this and right. uh, all that associated with, with art? And I think we, we touched on that before with the matter of, like, there's basic technique that everybody needs to get to get to a certain level. And then you can specialize after that. But if you like, you can't use your third finger on the guitar, you're going to be pretty limited in what you can pull off till you can fix that. And I'm talking, I'm not talking like a Jerry Garcia who's missing a finger. I'm talking like you have them all there. You're just not using it yeah. um, until you get to that point. You're not going to be able to kind of get things to be your own voice. So there's clearly a, a big step in the beginning to get into the average plateau. And then the other ones are like different pathways that you just have to visit and climb up with that. You know, uh, like we talk about uh, Jared Nichols or however, Jared Lee Nichols or whichever, yeah. um, the blues guy, you know, he's like unbelievable. I just watched a bunch of more Instagram stuff from him today. It's like, the nastiest vibrato ever. Oh God. It's disgustingly good. It's yeah. like, if I ever wanted a blues solo, I would call him up and yeah. that. But, you know, I, I wouldn't want his Bach interpretations in particular. I remember I saw it like, not to be insulting to Paul Gilbert, because I think he's a phenomenal player, but he did like an interpretation of the sixth cello suite. And I had to like pause it after three seconds. I'm like, oh, God, no, 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 no. Like, I get what you're trying to do, but I can't, I can't hear Bach going. It's like, you know, no, there's, there's lines with that. You know, it can be tasteful. Like, I think Neil Zaza's arrangements of stuff are, are wickedly cool. Like, he does a, he did a lot of that classical uh, music into the rock thing for his One Silent Night and the uh, One Dark Night. And it, he just did a great job arranging that. It, it's fantastic. Really, really. He gets the, the, the gut instincts of arranging something classical to a, to a rock without turning it into unbelievable cheese, you know, which is the, 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 that's such a tightrope. It's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, that reminds me of a Steve Aaron, who we both study with. Um, one of the biggest lessons I learned from him was the difference between being able to play something and be able to play something, if that makes sense. So, like, just because you could play the notes, and I think this is where rock guitar players go a lot of times, which is where I sort of came from at the time, um, or at least grew up with. I looked at a Bach piece and it was like just being able to execute the notes in the right time was like good or something um, where he was like, that's not music. What you're playing is not music. You know? yeah, and, no, and it wasn't that the timing was bad necessarily or that the uh, that I was fingering it wrong or whatever. Um, or maybe even that my tone was bad. Though I'm sure it was. Um, it had nothing to do with that. It had to, to do with the fact that just because you play the right notes doesn't mean you're actually playing music. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a, a really great lesson for me. 
and knowing, I guess, knowing about Neil and also studying with the same person. Yeah, exactly. Go figure. Like yeah. he, right. I imagine that in the back of his head, he's hearing somebody go, just because you played the right notes doesn't make that good music, you know, um, where maybe Paul didn't grow up with that. And it was, there's like a, a thing with like rock guitar players in particular and, and jazz too, for that matter. Like you play the, the right notes and so it's good. But I, I guess that's the biggest thing I learned from classical music was well, I mean, it's just, because, just, just because you play it right doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's, it's good exactly. music. And you really have to learn what that is. And that's a whole like mastery too. That's like a lifelong span of mastery. Like why does you play the same time, the same everything else, but one is way better than the other. Exactly. And it's like the, the, well, like that, uh, what I just played. You can play this, I can play all the notes, right? You know, that was totally static. I, I just all M finger just doing a thing. Or you can just kind of. You know, you can build a line with that. And that's 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 the whole point. You know, it, it, playing the notes, it's like, that's nice, but you, you're not singing. Sure. You know, yeah. you're not giving the inflections that are written in the music. And that takes a that takes a hell of a lot of understanding. And that's yeah. where the difficulty is. When I went to when I first went to college for music, I went to Mount Union College. And I want to say that it was. Um, not in the harmonics, what was that called? There was a class I took and we talked about basically the notion that um, it's a study of. So say you had like the same if you had like a part where it was just like you know something has to happen to those notes like they can't just stay the same even if it says it on the paper that it's just like c c c c like it needs to get louder or something needs to happen um as as you're playing through it that it, it pulls you through and same with like any melodic pattern or something like that. Like it should get louder or quieter. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like it, something, something has to happen to it. So there's there's all these like little like, and that's all happening at the same time as all these other things, right? So then you get this like ebb and flow of the notes. And I really wish I heard more of that in like popular music, but. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't really hear it compression oh. um yeah. <laughs> and lack of subtlety uh but i mean not all of it's that bad but some of it is usually the top 10 usually uh but that just to kind of i wonder if the reason why that aspect of change to a single static note is required to make it interesting because it's the same thing that happens like and this is going to be waxing absolutely crazy philosophical, but um, just with the passage of time, because nothing stays the same. Entropy yeah. is everything. So considering that all that we live with, having something be completely static is just so foreign to what we know, period. 
So there's got to be some type of inflection in that. And I, whether or not that's a, like, you know, ultimately beautiful, blah, 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 blah. There's not the time or the space to go into those types of questions. But I think that, that there is a tie into that because that's how, I mean, if you look, oh, maybe I am going to jump down this whole rabbit hole a little bit more. But <laughs> if you look at like evolutionary speaking, you have like animals who have con created ways to communicate dominance and stuff through color and through vocalization. Yeah so on and we're on whatever end of the spectrum wherever it's going to go now so we have like millions of years of history of that being written into dna and then we come along and we're kind of doing the same thing except we have a, at least we think we have a little bit more of an edge with a, a consciousness on top of that so we're taking all this history of evolutionary dominant things that kind of like show up and it's like ah, oh, you know I, i'm colored in red so that makes me more intimidating to this one that's not so red colored so i get to select this and this wins whatever um and now we're sitting here with the art as being some type of a, an outlet of both of those things but much less violent hopefully mostly uh with that <laughs> you know but we have that inflections going on so to have something that's totally just like blah is just it's a turnoff because we don't yeah. see any type of aesthetic aspect to it um yeah, like something something needs to happen it, uh, gosh i wish i could remember Obviously, I don't remember anything anymore. But, <laughs> but even like, it doesn't have to be dynamics, too. It could be like the timbre of the pitch or something. Like you were kind of saying, like it's more red or whatever. Like there's things that could happen to it that make it more interesting. And it doesn't have to be like uniform either. Well, like something needs to constantly be evolving and, mm -hmm. and turning into something. Um, and you, yeah, you often hear in jazz and in rock music in particular. Um, just like uniformity, you know, like every note's the same length, every note's the same volume, every note's the same tone, every note's the same, you know, the same, and it feels the same. Um, which is just, it's, it's not that it's bad necessarily, but it's not like taking advantage of all the, the intricacies that it could have, which is, Mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense i mean it makes sense to me so <laughs> but yeah that's that's the one thing I, I i think every guitar player could get out of classical or at least that's what i got out of it or one of the most important lessons from it that's one of the things that i try to portray it because you know all have students that are taking classical because they, they want the foot in the door with it and so you know i generally if you know if they sign up for one semester that gives me 13 weeks to kind of mm -hmm. portray as much as i possibly can to their level and get them out the door for the next steps. So, um, you know, whether or not they come back. And I find that that's like, uh, what concept of classical can I, I give them that will be the big turnout? Outside of the, the, the technique, like the first thing is clearly, okay, hold your hand this way, do this, sit up, put it in the middle, blah, 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 all the stuff that I'm not currently doing right now, but I'm relaxing and talking. Um, all that with that, and then, start to try and talk about music and it's extraordinarily difficult to just talk about the music when the technique isn't there because there's no way to be able to do it so it's like yeah i can tell you exactly how to do that but you can't yet do anything close to that so it's tough to kind of be like do this you're still you know, doing this yeah exactly. <laughs> the, the, you know they're favoring the first finger, the nth degree or oh yeah right. you're playing everything with the first finger yep and it's uh, 
it's like, well, we can't really get into the subtleties of, you know, taking the dominant and making it louder and it resolving it quieter to the, the tonic, you know, and all that other stuff. And it just doesn't fly. So I find myself like in my own head, it, this doesn't happen in the lessons, but I'm like trying to pushing these technical things so that once they're at like a minimum thing and can tell the difference between a piano and uh, a mezzo forte, then it's like, okay, I can at least start to get some control. Which, by the it. way, is the complete range of the guitar. <laughs> yeah. So it's the forte in the music, and it's like, that's a nice joke. <laughs> that, that isn't going to happen. Um, you know, and there's different effects. It's like, but that's the thing. It's like, I have this uh, six-year-old student who is, like, fantastic. Like, clearly, she works her butt off, and her parents are, are, are helping her. She's, I, I love teaching her. She's great. You know, she, she's, she's in the second Suzuki book. She's doing absolutely great with everything. Every week, it's like, wow, you know, and it, like, sure. so giving her little bits of different aspects of playing the music because her technique can handle it. And it's phenomenal when it comes out. You know, it's like, I'm like, all right, you know, you see where it gets forte here? Let's move a little bit closer to the bridge and dig in with that using a rest stroke when that happens. You know, let's make it loud because it, it's the big part. And then like the next week, it's like there and she's playing it. And it's like, this is awesome. Like that is like so exciting. Yeah. That young age, because it like makes me think in another six years, she's going to be where I wish I was when I walked into school, you know, <laughs> it's uh, that type of thing. So the, uh, I think the big thing with expression is you got to have the technique first with, at least in a classical realm, you know, I don't know. Well, just to use Jared as a, as a base point, just because I, he's on my mind with that, like his blues technique is absolutely stunning. And if he didn't have that range of vibrato and how he did that, like with his, because he doesn't use a pick, he uses his fingers and he gets this huge amount of tonal variety because of that, yeah. which is awesome. You know, and the guy like digs in and it's like, dang, that is wickedly cool. But he wouldn't be able to express himself with that without working on the technical aspects. It's like, you know, he probably way back in the day sat there working on his bends like a madman. I, I had heard that he played with um, Greg Cox's son in a band. Okay. When they were kids, like they were like teenagers. Yeah, yeah. So Greg was like, hey, let me show you some stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good venture. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one to have for the blues guy. Um, that that definitely. So, have you been listening to anything interesting lately? You know, I well, there, there's a couple things, I guess. Mostly, I've been listening, trying to figure out this recording thing. But on my at night, like when I'm listening to music just for fun, um, or to enjoy it, I've been on a Keith Jarrett kick. I don't know, have yep. you spent any time with Keith Jarrett? Yep, yep. Like, yeah, that was the thing that shocked me about him is that he has like the whole Bach, well-tempered clavier recordings, yeah. and he has a jazz musician that's crazy to improvise. It, it, that type of stuff makes me extraordinarily jealous. Like, I love he, that. Yeah, he, he's a very special character because he, he's got the jazz bebop language and modern like jazz stuff, but then he spends so much time in like classical music, um, that when he He's what I would call like, and there's not very many of them really, like a pure improviser. Okay. Meaning like he can pull from anywhere. Like he's it's not like a stylistic thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. He, okay. He just yeah. makes music. Mm -hmm. There's no boundary to it. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this in the swing error style. 
or I'm doing this in broke style or whatever. Like it's all available to him and it's just whatever his ear hears and he can go there. So he has the technical facility or whatever to do it, the music background to do it. Um, so like a lot of, like a lot of jazz guys who improvise or people that improvise, they pull from like a language and they're almost like reiterating words that they've heard before. Um, and sometimes that's like verbatim, like licks that they've worked on. Right. But then there's like a whole nother side of people who just purely make up things from the ether, you know, so to speak. And it's, it's, it's somewhat rare to find that actually. Yep. Um, and Keith Jarrett's a, like a prime example of that. And not only that is he's just like, like I said, like technically like extremely proficient. So there's really no boundaries on where he can go. And then he's spent enough time with um, Bernstein and like um, Shostakovich and um, Stravinsky and whatever. So he's got all this like atonal things happening, plus the like Coltrane stuff because he used to play with those guys like in Miles and all those guys and got all that stuff and the Bach and like so it's like you really don't know. And then he also has like that sort of like pop thing happening. So like any of those things are always available and it makes it really fascinating. So there's endless amounts of, um, I don't know, there's probably like 50 at least of well-recorded um, improv solo piano concerts. Oh yeah. Had, yeah. Where he had like no plan or whatever it was going to, what he was going to do. And he just makes music. And what it's was unbelievable like it's the most unbelievable like magical music sometimes it's very classic like 20th century is classical and sometimes it's like poppy and sometimes it's like enya and so like you just never know where it's gonna go it's amazing i thought like one of his famous live albums the story was that like he went to go like he was doing an improv concert yeah and he shows up at the and the piano like some of the keys don't work they're sticking like it's right. just you know there's doing everything that he had he wasn't able to do everything because stuff was sticking. I can't remember the, which one it was, but probably was, the, the, his most famous one's the the clone one, the cone, the cone. Conference. Yeah, it was in Germany. Yeah, so C O it's K O L N is how you say Kern, as opposed to, but it's actually Cologne. Like that's how we say okay. it. Yeah, which is a great city, by the way. If you ever go there, it's an amazing city. Um, so, I haven't yet. But well, there's this castle, or that that castle that goes this church. You can. It takes you like 50 minutes to walk up these steps. It's just this big spiral. And then you get the view of the whole city. It's a really cool city. That's awesome. It's very worth seeing. That's like the premiere one. And he, like in an interview afterwards, he was just like, the limits of the piano forced me to do other stuff that I wouldn't think right. of on the spot. And it was like, now that's that's just crazy. You know, it's like if a guitar player is doing a certain thing and they break a string. Yeah. You know? And they just kept going. Like, yeah, they, they were doing a classical guitar recital. That would be a hell of an. And they're like, "Oh, I lost three strings. Let's see. <laughs> I'm gonna make this work." Yeah, he's he's that kind of level of musician, though. Like, I don't think if he played guitar, which he, he might, he actually plays saxophone. Like, awesome too, for that matter. Yeah. So he's just one of those like, I don't know. There's something special about that guy. But, yep. Uh, oh, it's like Jacob Collier. Like, he's clearly a wunderkind. The 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 kids yeah. just ridiculous i don't have his music on repeat all the time but man when i listen when i do catch some of the stuff it's like 
holy cow, like the kid's just absolutely right. way out there. And it's awesome. He does everything and it, it makes me extraordinarily jealous, but, <laughs> it, it, but I appreciate, it's an appreciative jealousy. I guess that makes it say it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't always like the music so much, Yeah, exactly. but I think he'll, I like to think he'll get there, but he's an unreal talent. Yeah. Like, and it, it's just, it's just crazy what that kid pulls off. That's great. You know, that's, yeah. that's his thing. And I greatly, and I would probably pay to see him live, but I wouldn't listen to his albums. <laughs> like that's because it's just not my thing. I just can't it, yeah. do that. Like I get it. And that's what fascinates me. It's like, that's my thing with like serial music. It's like, I understand what's going on and that's what makes it interesting to me, but I wouldn't necessarily turn it on all the time. Though I do like some of the stuff, you know, it's so like uh, the Bartok cello suites. Yeah. Will yeah. you listen to those? Or the string quartets? The string quartets for sure. Absolutely. Is that, so, that that's some pure atonal wonderful Yeah, maybe it's the timbre of the instruments that draws me in with that. Uh, I would agree with that. Doesn't work as well on guitar, unfortunately. No, no, not at all. Though that true temperament stuff is really starting to like I was in another Instagram conversation with Johannes Moller about it and just saying like, man, it just sounds so good. Like he's got a classical that's true tempered and it's nice. Like it's so much more calming to hear. It's great. So yeah, you figure make, when you buy a seven, eight thousand, ten thousand dollars. Oh, I can't imagine classical what that's with guitar. You could probably justify the extra thousand dollars for the true temperament. Yep. And whenever that becomes lefty, I'll, I'll see about it. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. And, and it doesn't look like it's that much bigger of a reach either. Like just watching his hands. Oh yeah. I don't, everybody I know that's, cause I know people that have them um, themselves, you know, especially when you're right-handed, you can get them on electric guitars. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, I don't think it's that it's like 700 bucks or something to get a neck. Not cheap, but it's not unreasonable, I guess. Yes. Yep. Um, they're like they don't even notice it, like they don't even they don't notice it at all. I have to ask him, you know, like not like we're on friendly terms, you know, just online, it just send him a message to be like, have you noticed anything in terms of fretting that is different? Yeah, everybody I've heard they have it. The, now the I, people I know are are more rock guitarists, but they're a little bit more adventurous. I know three people that have them, and they. Uh, not really jazzers or classical players, but they're not just playing bar chords or whatever. Yeah, but that, that makes me interested about like his approach to it because at least classically we train so much to be like close to the frets the entire time. I, I bet your eye and your hand coordination just deal with it. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's uh, like the eight strings fan fret. I mean, it's not true temperament, obviously, yeah. but. It, the fan fretting on it, I thought I was going to have problems with it, and that was easy. The confusing thing is the eight strings. You know, it's like looking at it, it's like, oh, I think I'm somewhere else. You know, if I yeah. don't look at my hand, I'm fine. But as soon as I look at my hand, it's like, no, nope, I lose it. Sure. Yeah, the extra string is more confusing. I would think that's true, too. Yeah, I know. For myself, I haven't been listening. To, I still had that uh, um, detach on by Threckle, this constant repeat. I just, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I, half of me was thinking the other day, it's like maybe people with ADD love Prague because it's constantly new. 
<laughs> you know, like, like one of those shower thoughts, <laughs> because, you know, it, it, uh, let me tell you about jazz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know, which is funny because like, I met somebody that diagnoses people with a, like, that's what they do. They're a counselor and they're like, you have all the signs for it. And I'm like, me? <laughs> like what <laughs> you, lady i i forgot to eat if i start playing guitar like if i if i didn't have kids to like crown me it'd be like oh i probably should shower today type of thing. i mean i'm not that bad anymore but there was a time where it was easily that you know it's just like yeah. that's all that i would do uh and i would still do that and uh so it, who knows? Maybe that was just like a random one-off thought type of thing. But it just was like, I wonder if there's any correlation to the music that people listen to and potential diagnosis with ADD. <laughs> Thoughts for a paper that I'll never do. I, I would definitely not be shocked to find out that I have some form of ADD. Yeah, which also has me going like, is it that much of a disadvantage? Like, is it a disadvantage if you think it is, or is it school settings that cause you know, it? To I, I guess going off, off on topics yeah, here, but. Maybe. This is this isn't good for a guitar podcast necessarily. I I did see an article that somebody was talking about they had ADD and like how it's actually good for like the workforce because ADD people tend to be more creative and uh, instead of like dealing with it, there was this guy that said that he was always the person that had like off the cuff ideas and like um it wasn't restrained to the same kind of like fit in the mold sort of thing and but then he like they were like you know you really do have a pretty bad case of ADD you should probably take this stuff and he started taking it and it like took like it actually made him like depressed yeah because I could have he was no that. longer being like the creative like he kind of fit better in the mold I guess of like regular people or something but um he was much happier and the company was actually happier um, with his sort of more outlandish ideas, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, well, someone's got to be pushing the mold a little bit. And I mean, as much as it might be one of the things that's there, I'm not going to pay to get the testing because I don't care that much. I've made it this, I made it through hopefully at least half of my, like the, my intended lifespan. If I'm halfway through now at 44, I should pay for the rest of it. Yeah. You know, it, uh, um, that uh, I don't think is going to be too much of an issue. And uh, it's not like a matter of I can't focus because that's I can completely, yeah, right. uh, completely. And I'm extraordinarily organized when it comes to practicing. Like it's like timers are set, like laid out. You know, it is, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll try to talk to Adam and it's like, I have seven more minutes of blah, blah, blah left. <laughs> Exactly. I don't. I don't practice that way. I, I, I got to. to, to but no, that's exactly true. All right. Should we call it? Yeah, I think we should call it. So, all right. <laughs> if you stuck with us this long, we appreciate you. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. It's been a fun time. I had fun. So, <laughs> we got to talk more this time. So yeah. that, that, that was kind of pushing it off on you there. It's like I, I, I get a little. Uh, talking that way you were sleeping it's falling asleep yeah no that, that that i've been tired lately but i think it's because i've had my wisdom teeth out and i'm just like i've actually been sleeping the night without a problem 
oh, it's probably because, oh, I don't know, I've been in gross amounts of pain and only take something at night to sleep a little bit. And I, even then, it's not like Percocet. I just take like an uh, ibuprofen and that's it. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad you finally got rid of your wisdom. Yeah, I had to get those things pulled out. Those suckers were getting annoying. That's so. right. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. Good talking. See ya.